I have three questions. Yeah, the first question is, have you been poor before, sir? And I just want you to describe how it was then. Number two, how did you start your business? And number three, with how much? Three B. <laughs> what is it that the business worth today and your experience so far? I don't really understand what you mean by being poor. Not having money. Yeah. Sure. Yeah? Being poor. You don't want to know. <laughs> you don't want to know. When you don't have money in your pocket. All of us have passed through that. Abby? So somebody can tell us that. So they, I don't think we should bother with that, really. Your experience where you are poor. Where you are poor, you are poor. No, I think, sure you know. I think what he's asking for is, he wants to get a, he wants to know how bad has it been so that he can release with it and say, okay. if it has been even worse for this person than me, then there's no way I can't get to. Okay. So he's looking for a reference point to say, has it been bad? Okay, let's, let's, do, let's go into the second question. That will answer the first question. Okay. When I was going to leave my last place of employment in 1999, December 1999, I had 10 naira in my pocket. The place I was working in Oshobo, I, I, I don't know how many people know Oshobo. With 10 naira, I could come from that place and get to a particular point. It wouldn't take me home. So I took a cab for 10 naira and dropped, stopped there, and walked the rest of the way home. I think that will explain being poor. There are a lot of other things. See, there is no point glorifying poverty. That's the truth. There is no point glorifying poverty. We know how it can be when you are poor. I've had to walk with my bare legs without shoes on them from places to places. That's how it can be. So I've answered the issue of being poor and how much the business started with. Right? Because as of 10 naira, I had to go and borrow, yeah, I think that's the word, 1,000 naira from somebody to pack my things from Oshogbo down to Ibadan. And that was the way it started, 1999, December. I was expecting, yes, I was expecting my employer to pay me for the period worked and all that. But you know how it is when you fall into the bad books of your employers. They begin to look for different reasons why they will not pay you your money. So, and up till today, I've not received that money up till today. Up till today. So, and how much is the business worth now? X Naira? Before the taxman become, comes after me. X Naira, boy, and plus close to 500 people. And we have uh, about three expatriates. What? What do I do? I raise chickens. Like he said, like he said, it's easy to gist with you and tell you this and this and this, but it won't really help you much. So my answers will be direct most of the time. I don't gist. That's the truth. Let us begin to pick from whatever I've said what will be essential for our business. If you need more clarification, please ask. But the answers will be as brief as possible so that we can cover good grounds. Number one. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 
It's well with you in Jesus' name. <laughs> Thank you so much, sir, for finding out time to come and be with us. My name is Matthew Sule. I'm in team two. I want us to do a quick switch here. Assume you are Matthew Sule this morning. You understand the logic now. Some five years ago, you are worth like two, three hundred million naira. Today you are in debt. You don't have a car. You moved from your house back to rent. Your business is, let me say, bankrupt. Let me put it that way. You have to ask your staffs to leave because you can't afford salaries anymore. You struggle to pay school fees. Assume you are Matthew Sule this morning. What will be your three major steps that you would take? That's my question. Understand where you are. First and foremost, where do I stand? One, yeah. where do I stand? Most of the time, when life is taking us from step 10, so to say, and bringing us down, we are struggling to remain at that step. What we should do first is crash ourselves to step one. Don't struggle to stay up there. Crash yourself to step one. It cannot be worse than this. That's the truth. That's why I tell people, thank God for the way the business started. So anytime I have challenges in my business, I look at it and say, it cannot be worse than 10 naira. And that helps me to be able to, to think clearly that yes, the worst case is, and I, and I thank the Lord, I say, if the Lord was able to take me from 10 naira to 100 million, for example, if I start coming down, it won't take me to, to 10 naira. So that first of all helps me to be able to say, okay, this is where I am. See, it is good to be realistic about our situations. Other people might think, why would you take your son from this school and put him in this school? It is because we are still struggling to remain at where people expect us to be, where we used to be, and not taking cognizance of where we actually are. Take yourself, I hope you understand me, take your step to step zero. Don't bother about what people will say because when you begin to come up again, it's the same people that will, that will celebrate you. So first of all, crash yourself there. When you crash yourself there, start the business as if you are starting anew. Learn the mistakes, the experience from the mistakes that you have made, of course, and then go forward from there. The, the basic thing is understand that this is the situation. And it helps you to be able to move forward. So I would like you to... You have an experience that is like that. Yeah. I'd like you to share it. Because I know you'll get comfort from knowing you've been in that journey. And this is what... This is where, how bad he got to. You know, probably yeah. worse than what, he, what he's experiencing. In 2005... Yeah, it was 2005. That was the year of the banking consolidation and all that and all that. Prior to 2005, I think it was around October 2004... We had done some big investments and we were expecting the returns to start coming out. So we went and bought ourselves. There are two of us running the company. We went and bought ourselves brand new cars. Say, this is the time. We wanted to live the life. 
And as at that time, there was a particular project we had spent about 32 million naira on it. And we were expecting the returns. The returns was going to be quite good. But lo and behold, by we bought the cars in October. By November, that investment started having issues. And we were looking at it, it was going down and going down and going down. And by they started this banking consolidation and some of the money we expected to use, we were also struggling to remain at the position that people expected us to be and for which we had worked for. But by February, what it did was park those cars. We were not using the cars. And then I sold off the old birds that were giving us problems. I said, take this away. And we started to rebuild the business. I cannot, I don't know how to be more specific. We can do, we can do a one-on-one -on -one. after this. We can approach, if I know the basic challenges, if I know what the business is, what the business is, then we can begin to okay, address it specifically and not generally like I am saying. Okay. Number two. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. I am still quite young, so I have a wild imagination. Imagination whereby the business you want to start. I was talking to a friend a while ago, and the business I imagined, when I heard the amount of money it takes to start the business, I was shocked. Okay, the amount of money it takes above 100 million to start the business. And starting small, you wonder, I was thinking, how can I start small? Starting small, I'm thinking maybe 1 million to start small. And I want to understand what it means to start small, and is it necessary to start small? As in, to become successful, is it necessary okay. to start small? Thank you. That's what we should understand first and foremost. It's a relative term. The size is relative. Well, you see, there is no business that you want to do. There will be a learning curve. If you start big, and I'm using big as in very relative as well, if you start big, you will learn with the size of that business. And when it crashes, you will crash with the size of that business. So the Bible says it do not despise the days of small beginnings. It is always good to start small. I don't know, like I said, size is relative, but it's always good to start small because you will make, no matter how good, no matter what you, have, you hear here today or you've heard before, you will make mistakes. You will have to learn from those mistakes. Don't use expensive money, so to say, to learn. I think, a, let me add a few, a, a small thought to that. Um, earthquakes will always happen. You will always crash. If you, are, if you don't have an experience starting small, when your business gets small, you will find it difficult to continue. So if you are used to starting with 10 naira, you know that if your business comes down to 10 naira, you can start again. But if you needed 100 million to start, whenever your business crashes to zero, you will need to borrow under 100 million to start. Usually it won't be as easy to get. So it's always good to start at a profile that allows you to always get back there and then build again. Your confidence is not in the money. Your confidence is in your ability to operate whether money existed or not. Number three. Good morning, everybody. My name is Abidemi Yodarilo. And I have, this, I have this kind of nature that I 
always have a lot of ideas in my head. And I know maybe some I know some people that are like me. You always have you have more than one thing in your head at the time that you have the potentials of actually producing results from it from it. But because you have a lot of it, it becomes harder for you to actually narrow down to one. And the question I want to ask uh, is how did you come to the point where you decided it is raising chickens? How do you get to narrow it down? You because I'm sure a lot of things came to your mind at that point that you could have done. So how what conscious steps can you take in narrowing it down to how do you choose what to pursue, so to say? Thank you. So, but to answer your question, when you have I, different ideas, bounce off your ideas on other people. Bounce off those ideas on other people so that you can be able to narrow it down. Then what, what is it that you will... I tell people, when they ask me, what is my hobby? My hobby is to raise chickens. What is my business? My business is to raise chickens. That which I will do without being paid at all, anything for. If you tell me today now, come and do chickens, come and help me look at my farm, I will go there free of charge. I don't charge consultancy because that is what I enjoy doing. So I have, like you said, ideas. I can have idea of uh, being in real estate, but can I work at being in real estate? What is it that you are good at doing? What can you, and let me make a proviso. If you have found yourself in a business that you don't enjoy doing, try to enjoy that business. That is the truth. I found myself in chicken business. I have grown to love chicken business. If you find yourself in real estate, don't look at the chicken man and say, that is what I would like to do. That is the idea that I have on my head. Try to enjoy the real estate. In enjoying the real estate, you are able to build capacity. You are able to build yourself up for that business. So it's not so much that every time you say, this is what I have passion for. What you are doing, have passion for it. Do you get Another thing I realize, yeah. I realize as well is that usually if you start doing any business, you realize that all businesses are related. I don't know if what he's doing is chicken. Because the last time I went to see the farm, he showed me the houses that the chicken are living in. To build one house for the chicken back then was 20 million. Now, in a particular farm, there can be over 20. So this is 20 million, 20 million, 20 million. He has to be constructed very well. He has to slant over this slope. He, I learned a lot more lessons on real estate from him than I learned from many people. So I'm wondering, okay, is it chicken or is it real estate? You know, then I'm wondering, you want to talk finance as well. You know, how do you get this? How do you get that? How do you... So start from somewhere, develop passion for it, and you realize that it gets to a point where you're asking yourself, are you, what exactly are you into? What line of it are you into? You know, so start, enjoy. Number four. Number four. Yeah, good morning, sir. Thank you for coming. Uh, I just want to find out, um, because it's, uh, it's obvious you've gained so much experience in your field. Uh, for people who would like to go into this, you know, venture, is there any form of training that they can actually get from you 
uh, where people can gather without, you know, breaking their pockets and learn how to do this and start from, you know, small. You want of it? I've just said it now. I do consultancy free of charge. Even if you want to start. Even if you want to start. It doesn't have to come in big packages. One of the things I realize is that, sorry, I realize that people are not really, people are not as serious as this. People say, ah, I like to do this. And that's the last time. You know, I, I remember there was somebody who said, ah, I want to be on the farm, I want to do this. So I spoke with him, and I told him, there's somebody who wants to do farming. Can he come to the farm? And he said, yeah, ask him to come. So the guy got to the farm, slept there one day. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I have an applause. So <laughs> this is not how I want my life to go. <laughs> he said, ah, so are we going to be working on Sunday? He said, the chicken don't know Sunday. They eat every day. <laughs> They eat every day, they eat Saturday, they eat Sunday, they eat Monday. Somebody must be feeding the chicken. <laughs> they must eat the layer day every day. So chicken does not know time. It doesn't know nights. It doesn't know money. You sleep around where the chicken are. So whatever you want to do, make up your mind you really want to do it all. Yeah. I say, ah, I'm looking for easy business. You're not looking for any business. No business is easy. Hi, my name is Ike Jimofo. It's Sometimes it can be traumatic, particularly when you are going through a transition from being an employee to becoming an entrepreneur. I have the privilege of starting my career in consulting firm. And from there, I transited to the banking sector. And from there, I went to the telecom sector, where actually I resigned as an assistant general manager. When I started decided to start my business because I told myself, why are you still strong? That would be the time for you to really run your own business. Since I had the privilege of also consulting, even when I, had, I have not run any business, to consult for people who are really running their own business and they are succeeding. And I feel that the transition will also help me to implement what I know. But you see, when I came into the practical world, I found out that it was a different story. And I began, I realized that uh, there is always a story behind every success. But unfortunately, we don't look at the story. We look at the success and the paraphernalia that are attached to that success. And we all seem sometimes seems to want to be part of it. And at this time, I told myself that you have to start from zero. I told my driver that, sorry, you have been, I've been used to be having a driver all through. But right now, I said, I have to start. Since I know the driver needs a salary, I have to send my driver to another person who can pay. And that was where I started. And I remember the day one of my colleagues, who incidentally was in my department when I was held, and saw me driving. Now, I started a business where so occasionally I had to drive the bus. And he saw me driving a bus, he couldn't believe. He just stopped me and said, oh, God, what is happening? You know? And he mentioned it. And I had other offers of job, which incidentally could have put me back to where I began to have drivers and all those stuff. But I told my wife, and I said, I have a choice to either end up as an employee or start here. So the question is this. When there are challenges, 
and you want to begin to think as an entrepreneur, especially when you need to make a strong paradigm shift, how do you do it? I told you I left my last place of employment in 1999. I was called the group general manager. It was, it was a company that, it was an organization that had five companies that I was sitting at the head of. I had an official car. I had overseas trips paid for by the company at least twice a year to go abroad with my family, and it was paid for by the company. And I had a retinue of, yeah, you can mention it, you know how it goes. But by December 2nd, 1999, I had to go and borrow 1,000 to pack my things from Oshogo down to Ibado. You can understand the transition from somebody that had all of this to this level. December 1999, December 20, 20th, I told my wife, I said, you and the kids, we are two children at that time. Go to your sister in Lagos because there was no food in the house for us to eat. But I'll sort out myself. You guys go. Balele, I couldn't pack my things and go with them to go and stay with somebody else. So I said, you guys go. And I'll stay. At that time, yeah, I'll tell you. My parents, my mom, God bless her soul, said, she told me I, should not have, I shouldn't leave my last place of employment. And I, against our advice, because I thought was, if this man could send you overseas, you are this and that, you are comfortable there. Why do you want to stress yourself, so to say? Why do you want to stress yourself? She had the best intentions for me. She thought what was best for me is, this guy, you are already enjoying where you are. There is no point leaving. For yes. I left. And then she also was like, I can't understand why you have done this. They started calling different family meetings to say, why is this guy done this? And the pressure was much. I also went back to another company to apply for a job. God is faithful. By December 21, somebody that I'd met before called me and said, okay, come and see me in Lagos and all that. So I went and borrowed another 1,000 to come to Lagos. And the guy gave me 20,000 naira for coming to see him. December 22, I had the interview. I went there. And the company is a Lebanese company. And they told me, okay, we'll employ you, we'll give you this and this and this. If I, when I mentioned that I had overseas uh, a, a package in part of my package, the guy looked at me and said, are you not a Nigerian? How could, you be, how could you have that kind of a package? Are you not a Nigerian? That means I was not supposed to have such a package where I was coming from. And to worsen matters, they say they don't issue letters of employment. I went to the admin manager. The admin manager told me, he's been in this company for about 12 years, and he doesn't have a letter of employment. Why am I bothered about letter of employment? Say, why am I bothered about letter of employment? I said, when I started work 13 years earlier, I had a letter of appointment. And I left that place and I cried. Because at that time, I also looked at it. 
the future appeared as if it was bleak. And the pressures were much. As I said, God is faithful. When I collected that 20,000 naira, I said, God, you are good. That means that I don't have to do this. I had a car, but the car, that was the time they changed the registration number from the OG, whatever, whatever, to the one before they change again. They have changed like three times, so I can't keep track of it. The car had the whole registration number, and it had no vehicle particulars. I couldn't pay for vehicle license and insurance. And that was the only car that we had. So I told my wife, I said, yeah, this will take you and the children to school. I will sort out myself. So I will wake up very early in the morning, 6.37, where I was going, the farm I was attempting to rent at that time was about 24 kilometers away. So I will join the bus and go to the farm. Then I resorted to wearing only shorts, sneakers. And then from there, people, a lot of people, yes, they knew I was, I was quite well known in the industry. So there were offers coming. And I said, well, I can't take up uh, paid employment, but I could work for you as a consultant. And by February, I had four different consultancies that were paying me more than twice the amount of money I was earning in full time. But I didn't buy a car. The car was still the one. I was able to now do the particulars and all that and left it with my wife. And I was still going on public transport. And I did that for about two years, one and a half years or thereabouts, before getting another car. And the same house that we were staying in, I was paying 50,000 Naira as annual house rent in 1999. I stayed in the same house till year 2007. And by year 2007, I had more than 200 employees. I had houses in other places. I bought houses in other places. But I was still staying inside the same house till 2007. So I understand what you are saying. The, most of the time, the tragedy of working in a good place, so to say, is that you begin to assume the position of the owner of that place. You begin to see yourself. And because there are structures, a lot of us, when we are working, we are performing at our jobs. Because there are structures that are guiding us. So we tend to think that we are the one making things to happen. I've seen it happen to my employees. I've seen it happen to different employees. They will leave where they are working. And, and when they go and start their own businesses, they are not able to cope. Because there are structures guiding them. I'll tell you an example. When I was living the last place of employment, we had about 250,000 births that I was in charge of managing. And about 350 members of staff. When I came back and I wanted to start my own business, I looked at it and said, ah. I wanted to start with about 10,000 births. I was looking for money to start 10,000 births. And 10,000 births to me was nothing really, because I was used to handling 250,000 birds. But you know how many birds I started with? 1,000. Because I had counsel. I had somebody that was also mentoring me, so to say. When you are classifying, when you are classifying for the banks, especially when we have worked with the banks, they say put assets, put liability. Your car, you put it as asset. Your car is not an asset, it's a liability. Unless you are using it to generate income. 
If it's not generating income, it becomes, by the grace of God, whatever car that I am driving today, I bought cash down. Because it is not no longer an asset. It is assets that I will keep piling money on. Liabilities, don't keep piling money on liabilities because you are just increasing liabilities. My house that I'm living in today is a liability. I'm shocking you. It's a liability because people assume it's asset. It's a liability. Now, because I'm living in that house now, I have a gate man. I pay me about 20,000 naira, about 20 to 25,000 naira every, every month. That's 45,000. Uh, gardener will come. I have housekeepers that will come and wash the whole house because it's a bit big, so I cannot afford to be washing it by myself. And at the end of the day, I spent about seventy to 100000 just because I'm living in one house when I was paying 50000 naira for a whole year. Now, eh? I'm paying about seventy to 100000 every month now on that house. And somebody tells me it is only when I sell that house that, I bec- that it becomes an asset. Right now, it is a liability. So go and classify your houses as liability. Classify your cars as liability, then you know how much you are really worth. The reason why the challenges come is because if those challenges will not come, then everybody is qualified to be successful. And there needs to be a barrier that will test you. Okay, for you to overcome it.